hey, I have a super secret, not secret anymore, fun surprise. Oh, wow. What's, did you know what it is? Oh, wow. What's your super secret, not so secret anymore, fun surprise? Have you ever looked at me and thought, wow, I want to give you money? Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, well, don't worry. <laughs> now you can. Oh, wow. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness, golly gee. Uh, how, is it just you specifically? Or is it other people no, as well? No, in fact, it's exactly five people you can give money to. Um, <laughs> Am I one of them? Yeah, you happen to be one of them. What? You're, you're so lucky. That, it's a oh. one in a million chance that you could have been a part of this five money making deal. <laughs> that is unbelievable. I, I am without any belief. I'm going to cut the chowder. We have a Patreon. <laughs> is it cut the chowder? I don't know. <laughs> You've said so many things that I haven't questioned, but yet cut the cut the chowder is where I draw cut the, the line. Is apparently, too far. This far, uh, no further. We've got a Patreon, everybody. <laughs> uh, we have a Patreon that is grouped up with basically all of Jupiter's podcasts. So it's not part not of just basically, not just basically, literally all of my podcasts. Liter literally all of their podcasts. So we got Enchanting Aspects, Deck of Friendship. And artificial ghost radio, all in one Patreon for all of the all of the shit. So, what's that mean? What's what does that mean? What the fuck does that mean? The fuck does that mean? Jupiter will tell you because I've been talking a lot. <laughs> uh, well, uh, it, well, first off, uh, the the you can find the Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash artdeckaspects, or you can search for artificial aspects of friendship in the Patreon search bar, uh, and. Uh, j just as Amy said, you can give us money for all of the hard podcasting work that we do. Um, so how it works, you go to those, those links, patreon.com slash Arctic Aspects, or you're searching in the, in the, in the search bar. Uh, and, uh, you can, uh, donate at, uh, at our various tiers. Uh, we have like two major tiers and then one tier that's just like, like, that doesn't get you it doesn't get you anything extra but it does give us more money uh yeah so if that is sounds appealing to you which apparently it sounds appealing to like several people because we've gotten several people who have donated at the 20 dollar tier uh which is amazing i'm like a genuine yeah. like i'm genuinely blown like like the patreon's been up for like two days now and like the the this is the second day of it and the response has been like incredible already so far, like like really like, um, but yeah. So, uh, Patreon.com/slash Arctic Aspects, uh, you can get uh Deck of Friendship episodes and Artificial Ghost Radio episodes one week early by subscribing to the Patreon, uh, at at any tier, uh, and. And you can get bonus content from Enchanting Aspects. What's bonus content you mean? Well, me and Jupiter tried to make many podcasts before we made this one. And That's they're all true. fucking weird. And <laughs> one of them yeah. has Bowser. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the I don't know which one is going out first. But the first one I'm releasing is and it should be ready by the time this episode comes out. Um, is going to be our pilot for Enchanting Aspects, our unreleased pilot. Oh, 
right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a, a good one. That was a fun one. I I talked about uh uh <laughs> I talked about the, the maps. inventory. No, I talked about the inventory. You're right. I talked about the inventory in Resident Evil 2 remake. Uh yeah. which I feel like is like the most enchanting aspects thing ever of just like like obviously everyone wants to talk about Mr. X in RE2 remake. I think my- we also talk about Mr. X a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure, but like my instinct was, hey, I want to talk about the inventory. Um yeah. But yeah. And in that one I talk about Zelda. That's all I'll say. Um so yeah, we have a Patreon now. Go to patreon.com slash artdeckaspects and become a member and we didn't, give hey, money. Hey, Amy, we didn't even talk about the sticker club. Oh, fuck! Reverse. Rip, 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 rip. We have a sticker tier. <laughs> so if you donate $8 a month, then you get to be a part of a quarterly sticker thing where, uh, like... Four times a year, we would give you a sticker. Right. Uh, so the way that it's going to work, it's going to—I believe we're going to start it uh, the month at, at, like, once the first month of the Patreon is is over, because we're just sort of like getting started here. Uh, yeah. And uh, basically, how it's going to work is that uh, every quarter of the year, uh, you will—if uh, you are part of the Sticker Club—you will be able to uh, vote on a couple of design options for stickers. And uh, the one that wins, we will send out to get printed, and then we will mail those to uh, everyone who signed up for the sticker tier. It is I'm I, honestly, I'm super excited about it, and I am just like really raring to go on it. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun, and I'm I'm excited. To be honest, I'm excited to just get. A bunch of of stickers also because i'm also gonna i also get the advantage of this yeah uh, we, we all do of uh all all five of us um yeah we get money and stickers and love <laughs> and love and friendship and friendship uh yeah, I will clarify that right now it is U.S. shipping only for the Sticker Club, uh, but we will expand to uh, international shipping as soon as we can. We're just uh, figuring it out uh, for right now. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's all the Patreon shit. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank if you so much. Be- yeah, if you're already become a Patreon, thank you. And now we're going to start the true episode. The true episode. <laughs> Here we go! Time for serious time. Before we we're fucking being super fun and enjoyable, but we're getting into the real talk now about our things that we appreciate in art and it's serious. Mm-hmm. Shut up, Jupiter. Serious. Okay. Uh well My name is Amy. My my name is Ju- my name is Serious Jupiter. And we're here to talk about things that we appreciate in art. Mm-hmm. Seriously. 
Well, I gotta say, Amy, that was a wild energy for the intro. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to stay awake. <laughs> yeah, Amy, and I only know how to stay awake by yelling. Amy, you you uh, you stayed up uh, last night really late. Um, uh, yeah, uh, being play- a gamer, playing Jackbox. Yeah, and I stayed up last night really late. Uh, mostly Doing just taxes. Well, mostly just getting shit set up for for my streams uh, and setting up like alert variations and shit. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, but the difference between you and I is that I'm used to staying up extremely late, uh, and uh, you you are not. Well, I've been having to get used to it because I've been working till midnight at my stupid retail shift mm. shirt job. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I started to get used to it, I think, was working terrible yeah. shifts at a job. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm just like this. Yeah. I, I shift. I'm an ever-changing Pisces fish that changes. I will always be a night person. I will always be a night person. I'm a fucking person. <laughs> you know, everybody's a morning person, afternoon person, night person. I don't know what I am. I'm sleepy all the time. I nap literally any time of the day. I take morning naps, afternoon naps, night naps. I don't know what to say. I don't have a preference of time. You are uh, tapped into the uh, pure chaotic energy of time itself. And you are unhinged. And untethered by its boundaries. Yeah, that's my Facebook bio. (laughs) Not your MySpace one? Uh, Uh, Jupiter! Amy! What's your thing? My thing? Yeah. What the fuck? Why why would you ask me that? I have to. It's according to the policy. The fucking policy. I don't make the rules. You know, policies can be changed. You don't have to be you don't have to be bound by tradition. We can I am. We we can change things. We can shape our future. We can unionize. Okay, then I'm going to say my thing then. Fuck you. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Fucking follow the policy, bitch. Uh, What's your thing? My thing uh, is just really going to town in Bloodborne. Really going to town in Bloodborne. Yeah. So let me explain. So, okay. Murdering. <laughs> no. No. I'm not talking about fighting here. <laughs> I what wanna, the fuck? I want to make that clear. I'm not talking about fighting. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm, first say to the people what the hell Bloodburn is for the non-gamers. Ah, uh, yes, for the non-gamers out there. Welcome, non-gamers. We really are glad to have you here. Um, mm-hmm. So, Bloodborne is a uh, uh, if 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 you know if you know the word Dark Souls, if you know the title Dark Souls, which even if you're not a gamer, you might, uh, and you'll probably know that it's a it's supposed to be like a hard video game. Bloodborne um, is the Dark Souls of uh, Bloodborne. That's true. So yeah, basically the idea of these games is that they're like third person action adventure games uh, with like really like precise, uh, uh, some would say hard combat. I don't really think about Very it that hard. way, but that's Very fair. Hard. But I, I would I would still call it a hard game, even if I don't think the combat itself is hard. But anyway, that's a different story. It's hard. 
but Bloodborne uh, is uh, goth and gay yeah. and yeah. weird and gross. Uh, yeah. And I love it. I love Bloodborne. I love it. B- uh, Bloodborne is great because you walk into an alleyway and then you see a really like fucked up bug monster and you're like, oh, cool. A new friend. Uh, That's my experience, is that I just love the fucking monsters in this game. The monsters are so cool. My favorite monster is the big, 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 big doggy. I don't think I've reached big doggy for me personally. Although I know about big doggy and Dark Souls. Maybe it's Dark Souls. It's the big doggy that wears a blindfold. Oh, uh, no, Vicar Amelia. Vicar Amelia. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have fought her. I actually, yeah. I, I beat her on the second try. I beat her on the first try. Damn it. Cause Fuck. Because I, I, uh, I think someone was helping me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, God, that, that was a good fight. Um, But I'm not talking about fighting. Not today. Not in Bloodborne. No, this is peace and love Bloodborne. Yeah, this is Peacecraft. So, uh, so in Bloodborne, uh, it, I, I don't personally, like, I don't... F- put too much stock in um in like i don't know like hd games in general like i don't really care about high resolution textures and seeing sweat on somebody and whatever um Mm -hmm. uh, most games that like try and have like a like a semi or fully realistic art style are immediately extremely boring to me yeah, most of the time for me too, as well. I, I will say though, like one of the advantages of it is uh, chasing a feeling that I I do enjoy a lot in games, which is like the feeling of place, of like yes, you know, being in a in a location and feeling like there is a purpose or structure to it. It's like believable in some way, uh, and I, I feel like I mean, you don't need fucking if if 4k poor graphics on a human face to do that you know you can <laughs> yeah, I, people have been not. making games that feel like a like a real physical lived in place for as long as they've been making games uh so you don't really need to fucking like sweat yourself but uh but there is something really cool about say just put like going into a room and then like oh there's like a bunch of pottery everywhere and you know and you break it d- don't spoil it <laughs> oh is that what you meant that's what I meant that's what I was getting oh! at whoops sorry monkey brain <laughs> well since Amy ruined now uh <laughs> uh but yeah the uh what the core thing about Bloodborne, one of the things that I I think is, like, my favorite things about it is that there are these really detailed spaces, uh, and you can just fuck them right up. Yeah, you can. And that's... This is some house? Fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Why would you have a house filled with a shit ton of chairs, idiot? They're gonna break. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay, so this is sort of the, like, interesting thing, right, is this, like, you know, like, that creating that sense of place in a game, like, usually involves 
trying to make a place feel authentic and that a regular human being could live there and like has a life or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like that sense of place can work in other ways too. And I feel like Bloodborne really captures it in that like, it does feel like a physical lived in place. There are people around that things do happen. Time progresses in some way. Like mm-hmm. stuff happens. Like this is a city that people live in. But it's not yeah. built for them. It's built... Explain! It's, well, fucking... Imagine trying to walk down to the fucking grocers, and you gotta go down six ladders, and then end up in a forest, and then go through a sewer, and then you get to the other part of the city that you're trying to get to. The things I do for a, a cheese stick. Yeah. Like... Bloodborne, like, the world in Bloodborne, Yarnum, uh, is, like, the city's name, and then there are other yeah. places. Um, physically connected to each other, there are some, like, weird wobbly boundaries of just, like, not sure how you get from one place to another or whatever. But, like, for the most part, everything connects to each other, and it does feel like a physical location. And as you start Bloodborne, you're like just walking through some fucking streets and you're like, all right, it's a pretty fucked up goth city, but like, it's a city. There Everybody are hates me. Right. Uh, and you like are walking through and as you keep going, you're like, oh, wait a second. This keeps going down. Wait, how far down does this city go? Where's the top and bottom of this city? Where's the <laughs> bounds? W- how uh-huh. do you get from one street to another? And, like, it just involves these, like, ladders going onto rooftops, going into sewers, going into, you know, weird side streets. There are, like, yeah. chair, like, um, uh, uh, horse, uh, uh, what's the fucking, what's the thing, the, the little house that a horse pulls, you know what I- Oh, a carriage? Carriage, thank you. Uh, there are carriages and shit, you know, littering the streets, but it's like, how would a horse even get through here? Yeah. Uh, and, like, it, it does make the world feel convincing- that people live here, but that no one should, and that they're all, like- chasing this uh, i don't know like eldritch mental idea of like something right um yeah and i don't really well, get it what no, yeah go can ahead can we touch can we touch on what the the basic story of bloodborne is too, no for those who don't know <laughs> no absolutely not uh, because I because no? uh, I don't know it to be honest. I don't fucking pay attention s- to the lore. I don't. I know barely fucking anything. But this is what I get from playing and from the world that I see mm-hmm. is that essentially there was some disease happening, and so to try and cure it, people were t- t- taking blood, but the blood yeah. was bad. Something like that. I don't know. Like the, and- the, 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 I don't know. Like I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be absolutely real with you right now, Amy. I have okay. I've been playing Bloodborne on stream. I have not paid attention to a single word of dialogue or anything. Um, okay. Because I don't think it matters. Well, you're fucking valid because everybody you talk to in Bloodborne is an asshole to you anyway. Right. Everyone who talks to you is an asshole who speaks in riddles. And I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. And I don't have to care. There are people out there who will care. If you want to, like, look up the Bloodborne story, you can, like, find lore explainers on YouTube. Because uh, that's yeah. how most people find out about 
the stories to this shit. Um, yeah, it's one of those games where if you actually want to learn about what's happening, like you either have to read shit online or spend hours trying to figure it out on your own. Right. So, like, I don't care about that. I'm only interested in the physical place of Yarnum. Uh, and, and how fucked up it is. And how, how fucked up it is. Now, all this to say, I, uh, like, like you said, one of the best things about all of this is that because they worked so hard to make this feel like a believable place where people are, even if they only have, like, even if, like, the people in Yarnum only have a couple of activities they are interested, which is pursuing... Murder. Well, before the hunt, I think it's, it's presumed that uh, that the majority of activities are um, pursuing dark knowledge, drinking blood, and <laughs> having parties... Sounds like your typical Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, turning into fucked up monsters, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, but the the advantage and, like, what's so, like, cool about, how, like, all of this is that you will walk into a room and, like, the bookshelves are lined with, like, weird flasks and books and there are urns and, and vases and uh, just all sorts of, like, random like barrels just all over a room so detailed it looks like you know somebody was here and they just like went ape shit trying to find some dark secret neat mm-hmm. cool anyway i'm gonna roll into all of these pots and break all of yeah. them yes yes um and also isn't there a chance you get like health or something if you break stuff too Maybe. I've never noticed. Maybe. I just like breaking I, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're super valid. I just vague. I haven't played in like two years, but I vaguely remember rolling around and then seeing some pile of like red mud and thinking, oh, yummy. I can use this. I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Uh, again, I don't care about HD games pretty much, but like bloodborne feels like it it like genuinely wouldn't work as well if it had more technical limitations which is like one of the mm-hmm. only times that I'll say that because it is actually like i don't know it like actually has a purpose to all of the bullshit that it does uh with yeah uh and like sure it's going for a realistic style but it's doing a realistic style of somebody turning into a big fucked up bandage wolf. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's realistic but it's unrealistic and it's perfect for what it's trying to accomplish because the you know, the main thing of the game is how dark and disturbing it is. Yeah. And so the more realistic that looks while being both like fantasy and dark, it just it just makes it so much more twisted. Whereas, you know, if it was, like, a more cartoony style, like, it would be less scary. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like it's such a, it's such a like, fine line to walk. Because, like, to be honest, right, like, like, even within the other Souls games, right, like, like, I think the PS5 is fucking bullshit and the Xbox series whatever the fuck. Like, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. Like, there is no reason to, like, try and push graphics that far and yeah uh and like 
you know, it's pushing past the point of, like, even being readable as an experience. Mm -hmm. But, like... For like Bloodborne is the only example that I can think of 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 a game that I feel like needed all of that, uh, all all of the power of the PS4 anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. Like no one needs the power of the PS5, but, uh, but like even with like like the fucking Demon Souls remake that came out for the PS5, I think looks like dog shit. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Uh, I I feel like it it is like. But like graphically just like too detailed and it's not doing anything with those details uh mm-hmm. and like the even like the dark souls games which like aren't even the prettiest like i feel like they could work totally fine I- even sekiro i feel it could work totally fine with way worse graphics and it would still work totally like exactly right yeah yeah but blood they, they don't necessarily need them. Yeah, but Bloodborne fucking kind of needs it. <laughs> Hell yes, it adds to the experience. Yeah. Also, I don't remember if you can do this, but it would be so rad if you could go into like you know how some games have like a camera first person mode where you mm-hmm. can like get a close up look at things. If Bloodborne had that or has it, it'd be so cool. Oh yeah, I, d- I want to look at nasty shit up close. Yeah, it has it has absolutely no camera options, but god, that would be so cool. Oh, it'd be so cool. Oh, fuck. Uh, but break shit. Break shit. Yeah. I I have even like I've barely talked about the breaking shit to be honest, even though that's my thing. Um, because <laughs> well, it's not the first time we touched on it uh, in enchanting aspect. <laughs> that's true. But also, I feel like the breaking shit like has a lot of thematic shit going with it. Like yeah, like it's you're breaking. Like like as a player, you're just like. Oh, a room full of pots. Hell yeah. I'm going to break all of that. But, like, yeah. the developers put that room there so that you would break all of those pots. Like, they know. Yeah. Uh, and, like, there is an actual, like, do like, that is thematically relevant to the game because you walking into a room and having the instinct of i want to break all of this shit i want to like roll head first and shoulder bash a fucking barrel until it collapses into a like a bajillion planks yeah like a that's just a fun experience if you are like getting frustrated with the combat and then you just walk into a room and it's just like oh it's not so bad in here or oh i've cleared out all the enemies and i've broken everything now and that's fun that's a cool reset yeah. or if you're yeah. or like if you're fighting in a room that has a lot of stuff in it and you're you know doing a fight and then as you're fighting you're breaking shit that's just cool <laughs> this barrel can't kill me like this boss does right. i can kill this barrel easy peasy <laughs> yeah uh but also, thematically, it's like your character, which you can create your own, which I think is also important because, like, you know, like Sekiro has a has a determined character because Sekiro, like, because Wolf has a connection to that world. Yeah. Bloodborne and Dark Souls also, but Bloodborne, I think especially, you know, has a character creator because you your character doesn't have a connection to the world there yeah you do not belong here right. and you feel like it. Mm-hmm. it you're presumed to be an outsider like 
Yeah. At, like, your character is irrelevant. Like, literally in Bloodborne, you're just somebody who got eaten by a wolf and then uh, some fucked up doctor who turns out to be something else later on, blah, 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 Bloodborne, spooky, uh, just pumps a bunch of blood into you. You're just, Yummy. you're a nobody. Yeah. Uh, and then you, like, wake up off of the, off of, like, the table at the start of the game and then what do you, like... Who are you? What are you doing? Well, you're just somebody in a room full of bookcases. Uh, Why don't you just roll into them and break shit for a while? Yeah. Like, the first interactions that you have in the game are most likely breaking shit. Yeah, because it's all you can do. It's all you know how to do. Like, this is some, like, this is a doctor's room who operated on you and sa- and presumably saved your life or cursed you or whatever. It's Bloodborne. There are the lines are drawn between saving your somebody and cursing them forever. Yeah. Um but like they essentially saved your life, but you have such little connection to the world that immediately this room is nothing and it's no one is using it and it's it's here for the breaking. Yeah, I also do appreciate that you get no consequences for breaking things. No consequences. Even in, like, areas where you are chatting up with friendly NPCs, uh, you can, like, one step away from them, roll into a bunch of pots, and, mm-hmm. and like, who gives a shit? They don't who care. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, this world is inherently broken, so why don't keep, why don't just keep breaking shit? Yeah. Uh, and I just, I just love that. I, there's a fucking, this is my ass thinking about the thematics of, of breaking a barrel, but hey. (laughs) Make it as deep, the barrel's deep. The barrel is deep. That's what I'll say. And there are fish in it. There are fish in it. Break it. Eat the fish. (laughs) Here's the thing, right? You, 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 you always hear the, the phrase trying to shoot fish in a barrel like it's such a stupid thing. Why don't you try to break the barrel, idiot? Yeah, just break it and then the fish will die. You'll get all the fish. All of them. For free. <laughs> that's, that's free fish right there. Free fish. Oh, my God. All right. That's my thing, Amy. That's my that's thing this week. your thing. Going fucking ham crazy. Um, My thing... It's a little What's chaotic. It's a little chaotic as well. My thing's a little oh. chaotic. Oh, a little chaotic. A little chaos. A little chaos. Um, tell me if you uh, recognize this noise. Almost, but almost certainly now. Okay. My thing is Ed, Ed, and Eddie sound effects. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so... All right, fine. I have to sit here and l- and learn about Ed, Ed, and Eddie. All right. Um. So if you don't know what Ed, Ed, and Eddie is, it is a little kids TV show. Not little kids. It's like a like a Cartoon Network TV show. It, right. It, it aired in the t- early two thousands. It's yeah, about. It, it was uh, it was around the time as like uh like fucking uh was Kids Next Door around this yes. time? Yeah. 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 yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I've never seen Ed, Ed, and Eddie, but I have heard a lot oh. of good things. I, 
I know that it's a lot of people's like like favorite TV show of that time. Like a okay, lot of people well, like really like it. Here's my thing about Ed and Eddie. I loved it as a kid, specifically. Oh man, that should be another thing. You know what? I'm not even gonna talk about why I loved it so much because that's gonna be another thing that I want to okay. talk about. So Ed and Eddie will return. Ed, Ed and Eddie will return. But I will say that this show gave me so much anxiety as a kid, mostly because the three main characters, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. They're basically the least likable kids in a neighborhood, and so they all stick together. That's the premise of the show, except, you know, they're least likable because they suck. Um, well, actually, just one of them sucks, and the other two don't suck that much. Ed sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, Ed, is, Ed is the one... He's the bald I'm trying one. trying to remember. Yeah, with, Ed... Wait, with the bald? three tall strings of hair. Okay. Yeah, I don't consider that bald. I just consider that cartoon language for short, shitty haircut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So they they pull pranks and shit. the The whole show is it's it's all slap. What's the word? Slapstick humor. Yeah, slapstick. The, yeah, it's very slapstick. It's very chaotic. It's it's silly. Um, and like a lot of a lot of cartoony injuries happen, and it's. It's 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 so hard. It's so difficult to describe without watching it. But um one of the one of the most I guess original and um the things that make this show that adds so much value to the kind of energy that it gives off is its sound effects. Um almost certainly you have heard some of these sound effects. I'm going to play some. Um for the most part, they use, like, weird animal noises for <laughs> almost everything. Oh. Um, yeah, like, a lot of goat noises. <laughs> a lot of, um, like, cat things. Oh, my gosh. One of my favorite ones is, like, there's, at random times, they'll use, like, a doll noise, and it just says, Mama! Um, <laughs> it's... Oh, my God. They've they've got that yodeling one I did before. They got they got so much. Um, in fact, there's like eight minutes of all the sound effects. Oh fuck! I accidentally played the video. No, stop. Yeah, they have like eight minutes. Um, almost nine of all the sound effects on YouTube. So it's is fucking crazy. But well, uh, that's hold just on. The- I'm. I, <laughs> hold on. I'm. I'm for myself. I'm writing down. Uh. Talk about the sound sound effects in Tom and Jerry for Enchanting Aspects. I'm writing that in my phone. All right. Anyway, continue. Sorry, I was just thinking, I, like, you were talking about the sound effects and, I j- like, the, um, just, like, the sound effect of Tom y- y- screaming. Oh, my God. Uh, that's the best one. Popped into my head. Ah! It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so... Yeah, I I don't have much to say about the sound effects, except I have more to say about the impact of the sound effects on the internet, which is um, a couple years back, some some people started making memes of taking videos of serious scenes and replacing all the sound effects with Ed, Ed, and Eddie sound effects. Ah, I see why, I see why you had your, the intro that you did. Yeah, um... I need to. I'm gonna show you a video. I will play a clip of this video. Um, okay. In the in the audio, and it's just gonna sound like fucking whatever the fuck. You're gonna have no idea. But this video is titled "King Kong versus Three T Rexes," but with Ed, Ed, and Eddie sound effects. Um, oh my god. 
it's oh my so good god i love it i love videos like these um all right we're gonna watch it This is honestly, it is just, uh, I don't think that I could have watched this show as a kid just because the sound effects would have totally fucked with my, like, noise sensitivity. Because it is just, it is really just, like, uh, and, like, I, like, I, hearing this video just reminded me that, like, oh, my God, I have seen an, a, a, like, part of an episode of Ed and Eddie before. And it doesn't sound uh-huh. that far off from this. Oh, yeah, it doesn't. I mean, like, in this video, it's way more chaotic and it's happening way faster. But, like, it's, uh, uh, it's basically a fast-forwarded episode of Ed, Ed and Eddie. Um, it's. All these noises, it's just yeah. all, all happening all at once. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, God. I, I do love these no- these noises, though. I also, can I just say, total sidebar, but watching that did remind me that this fight scene in King Kong between King Kong and three T-Rexes um, is extremely rad. It's an extremely rad fight scene, and it's like in a pretty bad movie um i want to get into some like fucking deep barrel shit with this but like go for it i don't know i don't know how it's like it's just pure it's just pure chaotic kid energy like the energy that this show gives off thanks to the sound effects and the funny jazz and the stupid kids is just like it's exactly what the inside of a brain of a 10 year old kid is having like all the time like yeah (laughs) Like it's it's that whole playing pl- playing pretend and just wanting to have fun and like be a maniac and yeah this this song the song this uh, <laughs> these sound effects are giving me like a lot of like I feel like Ed and Eddie is like the perfect middle school show like it's it's perfect elementary school show for me but also yeah early middle school like. I don't know, because, well, I only say middle school because uh, I know so many, or I guess, like, the later grade school, maybe, too. But I just knew so many, like, boys exactly like Ed, Ed, and Eddie in school. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like for sure, like, the people who made this show they were, like, tapping into a very particular, like, like adolescent boy yes, <laughs> energy. Yes, yes, See, when I lived in, when I lived in um one of my first houses, we had a neighborhood, a cul-de-sac, um, like at an Eddie, and all of my neighborhood kids were boys, and I hung out with them, and, like, it was this energy. <laughs> like, 100%. Yeah. Look. teenage boys or like adolescent teenage boy i put all i look i'm gonna be real i'm i'm already at a point of being an adult where i just put all high schoolers and below in the same bucket which i know as children yeah 
Yeah, uh, I'm getting I'm getting to that point too. They're, they're yeah. just babies. They're just babies. They're just fully babies. I remember being in high school and being and feeling like, oh wow, we're all so, so mature. We're yeah. so mature yeah. and so and so like we're basically adults. And yeah. it's like now as an adult, like, oh my god, look at all of these kids. Yeah. <laughs> they're all children. Yeah. Like I, I see someone and I talk to them and I'm like, how old are you? And they're like, oh, I'm 17. I'm like, you're a little baby. You're yeah, tiny. for real. Honestly, like, like anyone under like 19, to be honest, at this point. Even, is, is even 19. Of... Like one of my coworkers, I, I asked her how old she is. She's like, I'm 19. I'm like, that's your child. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> what I mean is 19 and below. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all baby. That's baby to me. <laughs> That is baby. And I think it's I think it is really interesting that like when I was younger, I thought 20s like people in their 20s were so old, so mature, so so grown up. And now that I'm in my 20s, I'm like, no, no, <laughs> we're, we're not. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. Like, no, absolutely not. Uh, yeah. Like, like I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, like I thought, to be honest. When I was a kid, that I was just like, I legit was the kid who was just like, like uh, all of all of the other uh, kids my age think that they're so mature, uh, but they're just idiots, and I'm the real mature one. Oh no! <laughs> I was fully that kid. Like I believed that, um, and. It's so fucking funny to me looking back like come on you're exactly the same come on can i say that <laughs> reminds me of this one kid in my uh sophomore year of high school in my chemistry class there was this guy i sat next to and i remember i had a tiny crush on him cuz he was really hot and then he like told me one day he's like you want to know something i think that i'm the only person that exists everybody else isn't a real person <laughs> Oh no! And I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Unfortunately, like, truthfully, like, thoughts like that, I feel like are are very prevalent in, uh, in cis boys, mm -hmm. uh, because like, for like, with toxic masculinity, the isolation is the point. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. so. The, so you do think you're the center of the universe. Right, right. And, like, you know, you hope that eventually you grow up and grow out of that and you're like, oh, actually, I I am simply, you know, the center of my own personal sphere of influence, but every individual person is also the center of their individual influence and we're all sort of orbiting each other. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's not like... There isn't just one person that is important. It's all people. Uh, and yeah. you hope you hope that, you know, everyone gets to that point. But then some like some bros, some dudes are just like, nah, actually, let me dig into my bullshit really hard for the rest of my life. Yep. Yep. And it just and then they just start thinking things that they don't want to believe are just lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh and and I just hope that Ed, Ed and Eddie just sort of like grew out of that. <laughs> I, I you hope, know what? I, I hope, hope they're better they grow now. out of it too. Um and and I think they do. And 
like, if you watch the show, like, it's got, like, no story except for there's a movie um, that they made, like, a couple years after the show ended. Mm-hmm. And it shows that, like, Ed, the, you know, the bitch-ass one, the one that sucks, he the reason he is the way he is is because he has an older brother that treats him like absolute garbage and bullies oh. him the way he tries to, like, like bully his friends. And and then it's it's really sweet because at the end, like... Nobody really likes Ed, but then they all see how mean his brother is to him. And then they're like, oh, fuck, this brother sucks ass. Like, we got to we got to help Ed. And it, it was really sweet. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's <laughs> I, I love. I, this reminded me a lot of uh, of the fucking uh, I, I don't know anything about Transformers. The only thing that I know about Transformers is from Bumblebee. The, is from the video that uh, that H bomber guy did uh, a while back, but I- I'm just re- like that just reminded me of like how the original Transformers series had like no plot or stakes or anything, and then the first Transformers movie, animated Transformers movie, happened, and mm-hmm. uh, and they killed Optimus Prime, and it- and uh, and like. Apparently nobody who like created the movie had any idea that that would like affect anybody because they were just making a dumb show. <laughs> um, and it just reminded me of that of just like I love like cheesy Saturday morning cartoons getting a movie and being like, okay, well this is going to into a theater, so we have to have literally any pathos to these characters. Yeah. Yeah, we need to have some sort of plot. We cannot just have slapstick humor for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's uh, my thing. That's your thing? I, yeah, I don't have... I, I didn't have anything much behind. I like these sound effects and they're funny in memes. <laughs> I mean, I could show you more of the meme videos, but <laughs> I don't I, have I, to do that in this podcast. <laughs> I think that you know, like to be honest, that just happens. To, like, like that's that's basically what my uh, me bringing the Scooby Doo sound effects was. Yeah, um, I do want to say though, combo both of our things. Um, oh, you should you should download a mod that replaces all sounds in Bloodborne with an Eddie sound effect. <laughs> oh my god. Fucking, when is Bloodborne going to come to PC so that we can finally fucking mod it? Jesus. It's not on PC? No, it's it's PS4 exclusive. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. It's fucked up. It's fucked it's up. It's fucked up. Exclusives Fuck. are fucked up, by the way. Exclusives are fucked up. Let people have things. Let people have things and let them keep them. Fucking, I'm so fucking sick of... Of, like, online stores being like, ah, here, you can purchase the game. You can buy it. But what they mean is you can lease it. Mm-hmm. You're, le- you're mm-hmm. leasing it, and we can take it away from you at any moment. Yeah, I hate it. Um, Thank you for listening to thank you. <laughs> Hey, Amy, what's the moral? The moral of the story is sometimes the world around you isn't made for you. And sometimes things are built against you. And you know what you do then? You do, do you fight against it, not in fight people, but destroy the shit that's destroyed the barrel. Break the barrel, break shit, make fucking crazy ass noises, be monkey. Have fun. The okay, can I can I take a swing? Yeah. The moral of the story is 
to destroy the systems that hold you back from your truest self. Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, you can find our Twitter. <laughs> you can. Enchanting Pod. Um, you can you can email us at our email. Um, you, I'm not you gonna can, tell you it. You can support us on Patreon. Uh, at patreon.com slash art deck aspects yeah. uh, where you can get all sorts of lovely goodies or just give us money because we you think that we deserve it which hey I think we do we've hey I've hey we've been making podcasts for like over two years and not getting paid so yeah. so I yeah. mean not me personally but yeah uh but uh but yeah, you can you can support us on Patreon and would mean a lot. Uh yeah. Patreon.com slash Believe in yourself. Bye. Oh. Bye. Hello! I am Roll, son of a Thank <laughs> you.